Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Heidi Ho. Welcome to the post-Christmas. Post is after, right? It is. It is after Christmas. The post-Christmas live episode. Dennis and Andy show. And I'm always going to introduce it ourselves i'm andy and this is dennis welcome back i see you're wearing our shirt i am i am i'm wearing a christmas shirt oh and it's not green nor red nope well i got it for christmas oh okay yeah no i got it for christmas i am using a christmas present so hopefully it works well because this is our first time using the brand new hd 1080 dbi webcam it is it looks like it's a nexico uh, Mexico. Yes, it's yes. a brand Mexico. Never heard. So of it. they must have made. They must make it north of Mexico. Ooh. See, see what I did there? I did. I wish I had a rim shot that I could sound effect. We need the sound effect for it. I know. We're gonna curious to see how this turns out. So I see that. That's brand new. And what do you got on your hat? On my head. On your head. I have a hat. Yeah. It's a it's a Budweiser hat. If everybody can see, there's a there's a quick story I'll tell you behind this hat. Look, it looks like the top of a beer can. Uh, quick story behind the hat. This hat I got when I was 16 years old, so about 10 years ago. Um, right? Yep. Yep. About 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, my buddy Alan and I were driving up to Frostburg, Maryland, where he grew up. And we stopped in uh, a convenience store. And back then they had those claw machines. Oh, yeah. You know? The original so this, claw. This goes back to like 1985. Um, and I saw the hat. And I was like, I want it. And it was only a dollar. So I shoved the dollar in, did the claw thing, and about ten dollars later, I got the hat. Wow! <laughs> yeah. So that oh, was I don't to give get, up. With, with the time change in money, it was probably now a thirty dollar hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, or a forty dollar hat. God, that's why I'm still. That's why I still keep it. So, so welcome. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Uh, I know I did. Did you have a nice Christmas? We had a wonderful Christmas. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful Christmas. It was very fun. Uh, I got I got the Mandalorian hot toy and uh, he looks wonderful. Oh, he's and, like twelve inches, right? Big. Six like he's a, he's a six scale. So that's twelve inches. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, six feet tall. He's sitting right next to my my John Wick. So yeah, they, they look they look they look pretty good together. So yep, yeah, pretty happy with that. And uh, Susie got uh, she got one of those animatronic you know baby Yodas yeah, that makes all the talks. noise and coos and closes his eyes. Yeah, kind of fun. So now that she sleeps with that in bed, where do you sleep? Yeah, I'm on the floor next yeah, to the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. And now you tap the bed every now and then going, would you shut that damn thing up? I'm trying to get a good night's sleep. And you Let's hear, ooh, ooh. He's in the forest and stuff. So you, Christmas, all good? Yeah, Christmas was good. Obviously, we, we were here. Um, I got I got some books that uh, I might spotlight later, but I, I got a few hard, hardback books, that is. Art books. I got a... The Marvel art of uh, Adam Hubert, love Adam's work, Uh, friends with the big guy. So I I got that book. I got Marvelocity, which is the Alex Ross book of all his Marvel stuff. Yep. Um, So I got that. And I got uh, the the Shazam trade paperback that collects the latest Shazam series that was 15 issues. Yep, that's good. That's a good, fun one. I love Shazam. And then I got uh, black and white hardcover of Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's they, they released the black and white version because the artist did gray tones and stuff. So, yeah, I might do a... I might do a podcast on my stream later where I do a flip-through, an extensive flip-through of all those books and stuff. Um... First and foremost, though, you, you're like, what's that at the bottom of the screen? Please back first and on Indiegogo with the link. Yes, please. I would love it if everybody would uh, go and back my campaign. Here it is. Do a little split screen for you. First man, Marvel Comics by Marvel Comics. That's me. I've worked for Marvel and DC Comics. First man, if you like Silver Age fun comics, superhero stuff, 
you're going to love this book. You've got the book itself, which is 64 pages square bound. You've got a program book, which is like a behind the scenes making of. Here's the cover for the main book. So, you know, back indie comics, indie comics is just, it's awesome stuff. Indie comics started way back in the day. Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that was an indie comic. Yep. So, you know, show some indie comics love. I would appreciate it. First Man is a superhero I created as a kid. So I would love to uh, to be able to get this campaign funded. And I'm almost there. I'm 84% of the way there. So 16% more, and this bad boy's funded. And Plus, course, you get to see what happens at the end of your story, for those of you who picked up the first that's issue. That's right. You get to see what happens. We've got, I do my throwback classic hostess ad. I've got a Bart Sears variant cover. Bart and I are really good friends, so he did a variant cover. The program book has shots of first man uh from different artists and whatnot let's do a full screen on this you don't need to see me one pivot there's levels where i can do a head sketch or a figure sketch inside the book so give it some support i would really appreciate it look at this we've got a nice comment right here michael says nice it is nice michael give it a back <laughs> give it a back buddy so that's that. So we're gonna roll on with well, our... what, what happened? What what did we tease last time? What was this week for our fantasy football? Fantasy football. It was the Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl for our fantasy football, and I wasn't in contention because you know there were four teams, two teams for Super Bowl, two teams to figure out who's coming in third place. So let's take a look over here and see what shook down. I noticed you're not anywhere in this, Dennis. Nah, no, I haven't been the entire season. So, right. yeah. So it was for the championship. It was Susie versus Matt. And wow. Susie is who? Susie is Sushi's Awesomos. And that is who? That's my wife. That's your wife. Yeah, baby. Turners are on top. Woo! Look at that He's score. One of us. 139 to 51. I mean, Matt's team decided not even to show up. It kind of feels like my entire season. Seriously. I mean, because if you look below, those are for the projected points. And yeah. projected was 122-114. Right. It was a close projection. Right. And with points like – with a close projection like that, if anybody on your wife's team didn't show, it could have easily went the other way. But, I mean, what the hell happened? That was a blowout. Did, yeah. Did he look at his lineup before? Oh, no. Like, no, obviously he did because he was projected to get 114. Yeah. It should have been a really close game, but none of his guys decided to show up for the Super Bowl. Susie trounced him. Now let's talk about this third-place outing. I know. It was it was oh, you yeah. versus my brother uh, and Scott. So uh, you were projected to, to lose 100 to 117. But that's not how it turned up. No. And this is why we play the game. My team showed up strong. And the funny thing is, at the end of uh, Monday, before Monday night's game, it was 153 to, I believe, 111, I think. Yeah, something like that. And I was, like, I was like, close. I got this in the bag because his last player uh, that played Monday night was only projected to win or to get 11 points. Right. So his last player stepped up huge. Yes, and he made it a game where you had to be sweating bullets. I was. I was like, are you effing kidding me? This dude's projected to get 11 points, and he's, he's but what? I don't even feel like doing a, the math right now. 153 to 149. So right. So his dude won by four, four, four points. But you know what? I don't know your brother. But you can tell him to suck it because I beat him by four points and I'm third place. And if you look at where I was originally, I was eighth place. There's only 10 teams in our league. The last two don't even make the playoffs. So I was in the very last seed and I stepped up and moved all the way into third place in the final. Nice. Booyah, baby. Booyah is all I got to say to that. Well, Matt just time chimed in. He goes, I'm watching the podcast. I think Susie cheated. <laughs> Wait, who's Matt? Matt. It's who she played. Oh. Matt, you came in second. I agree with you, Matt. I think 
I think Whoa. this whole season something's been up with Susie. I, I got to be honest. Yay, Susie. You know what, Michael? <laughs> Shut it. Hey, I look at it this way. A Turner won the Super Bowl. A Turner came in last. We're like an Oreo oh, wait, cookie. We're, we're, the, we're the black cookie part of the Oreo, and all the rest of you are the filling. I've always been told I'm the cream <laughs> of the uh, crop. But are you seriously 10th place? Were you 10th place? Oh, yeah. In this I, I, you were. I haven't okay, been. So you I have never left 10th place, I think, since like week two. All right. Let's move on to our regular football. Our regular football. So last weekend, my boys stepped up hard and crushed, crushed the Eagles. Crushed them so hard that they're not even contention for the playoffs anymore. Now. The NFC East is so pathetic that there's still a chance, as of right now, the, the Washington football team is the NFC East leader, so they're in fourth place. Yeah. But if they lose and Dallas wins, Dallas takes that spot. Yep. If they lose, Dallas loses, and the Giants win, Giants take that spot. Oh my God! There's still playoff. There's so seventy-five percent of your division. Exactly. Now here's the fun part: if the Cowboys manage to win against uh, the Giants, so I don't have hopes. Even though the Giants suck too, they usually choke it. So if the Cowboys manage to win against the Giants and Washington loses. Cowboys or playoffs, do you know who they play the first week in the playoffs? Well, I would hope it would be the first place, first-seeded Green Bay Packers. Oh, wait, that would be the second week. No, they play <laughs> the Bucks. That would be. And the Bucks are my daughter's favorite football team. And I told her to begin the scene, she goes, well, then we'll play the Cowboys. I said, not unless they go to the playoffs. And I had no – I never even thought that happened. Well, it looks like there's a chance that could actually happen, and I'm going to have to play. Uh, I'm going to have to root for the Cowboys against my uh, my daughter. Let's see, Michael. Do the two last place teams play a game to see who gets the first picket? No, they don't. That's not how our league works. No, no, or in the NFL. What Suck it, the Jets, the Jets keep trying to, to win anyway, and 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 getting around that. And by the way, it says, let's go Giants. Yeah, I, I ignored that one. I'll show it. Let's go Giants, please. <laughs> Suck it, Andrew. Okay, one, you can call me Andy. No formalities here. Um, okay, so that's my team. Let's see uh, Let's see where Dennis yeah, is going. Yeah, let, let's see the other one. Whoa, look at that button. We thought it was going to be a close game, and it, it really wasn't in any way, shape, or form. Devontae Adams just stepped up a huge again, and – you know, besides the three touchdowns, there were a lot. You know, look at that. 11 receptions, 142 yards. Seriously, best wide receiver, at least in the NFC. That was a snowy game, though. The Titans just aren't used to that. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. So that was probably why. Uh -huh. Which explains why he threw three touchdown passes, 142 yards to one wide receiver. No, Four I'm saying years. the Titans aren't used to the snow. That's why they lost. But if you're throwing stuff in snow. It should be a running game, which, of course, they did find on the run. So the Packers are in, you know, uh, first place. They're 12-3. and three. Um, Let's just take a look at the playoff picture a little bit, just see where, right. where we're at. In the AFC. All right. So AFC, top four. We got Casey, Buffalo. I mean, if this doesn't tell you 2020, I don't know what else does. The Buffalo Bills are 12-3. and three. Second seed in the playoffs as of now. That, if like I said, if I, that doesn't tell you something, I, about I almost getting a tear in my eye right now because I'm thinking of Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly oh back in the great where they did like four in a row. And I mean, this is what these Bills. Re yeah, but they're they're there. That that's kind of the memory it's bringing back. So you know, I'm rooting for the Bills. I this weekend coming up, I want the Bills to win. Even if the Steelers win, the Bills will still be second. If the Bills lose and the Steelers win, they flip-flop. So yeah. that will kind of stink. And then wild card, let's see what we got going on here. We got Miami, which makes my daughter happy. I'm very happy Cleveland is still there. I hope they make the wild card just to see him make just the playoffs. Just a fun time. You know, Bussy's got to be all excited. His Dolphins are in it. The Ravens. 
Cleveland. I mean, they're kind of a Cinderella underdog story. It's, you just got to have one. And that's why. Season. That's why I want. I don't. I don't know this week if they can be bounced out if they lose. So I really hope they win. Uh, anyhow, let's go. Let's go check out the NFC. NFC. Dun, 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 dun. So once again, the Packers are on top. If they were to lose to the Bears. Uh, they'd be 12 and four, and then if the Saints win and go 12 and four, looks like Green Bay's playing a wild card game. No, because look, five zero. They're only four and one. Wouldn't that flip it? No, no, because you go head to head, and we beat the Saints head to head. Oh, you did. We, so no matter what, correct. you're number one. Correct. Damn now it. Now the question, it, right? And then it goes down to Seattle. Right. If Seattle wins and New Orleans wins. Right. So it goes head to head, and we didn't we didn't play, and then it would go. Uh, um, into your, then it goes into your division, your conference. So, yeah, there's not a lot there. Still want the Packers always want to beat the Bears. So, hopefully, that will just. Well, no, uh, but what happen. I'm saying is if the Packers win, they stay there. If the Saints and the Seahawks both win, I think the Saints are still number two. Yeah, well, yeah, then it goes down to the tiebreaker between them, and I don't know if they played head-to-head. Yeah, I can't That's remember. That's what we'd either. have to find out. I want to say they did. But we, and we already covered Washington because right now Washington is from your division, and then the way it would be right now would be, you know. Washington wins, they're in. That's all yep. it takes. A yep. win and in. Yep. They'll exactly. play Eagles. So go Eagles. Go Eagles. Something I never thought I'd say, but go Eagles. And then we got the Bucks, who uh, even if they lose, they'll still be in that position at ten and six. And le- well, I take it back. If the Rams win, ten and if the Rams win and the Bucks lose, they could flip flop. Um, I can't remember their head to head though. If they play, yeah, it all boils down so, to head to head. Well, we will know next week because we'll we'll get to find out the final playoffs uh, for for our teams when they go in. So. With football being done, oh wait, Ted, Ted says throwing touchdowns from California guys. They talk about Rogers. Well, yeah, Rogers is California. That's where he's from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who wouldn't want to move from California to go up to the crisp Wisconsin frozen tundra? Hey, Tom Brady said he'll never go back north. So, well, when you make that much money, you don't have to. So That's true. I, I think you're good. So. What did we do this week? We went to the comic book shop. We oh, had we had to see what what was what's going to be coming out. So we got a few picks from what did the boys get All this right. week? Let's see what the boys got this week. Next slide, please. Well, of course, Dennis got X Men. Yeah, we know it. X Men, yay! Keep going. I mean, All I'll excited. say this is a beautiful cover. I love Linnell Francis Yu's work. He's a sweetheart of a guy. I've got to meet him a few times. I love his work. Um, this is a great cover. Uh, I did not pick up X-Men this week, though. Uh, he did not draw the inside. My buddy Phil Noto drew the inside, but, you know, I like Phil's work on, on certain things. Uh, I'm liking I, where X-Men is going. It's been a fun story, you know, everything dealing with Kirkoa. I'm, I'm going to continue. I will always pick it up. So, uh, yeah. I'll borrow yours so I don't. Yeah, you can. Issue. Anytime. So, Anytime. I'll, just, I'll just borrow yours. And Next then, up, these yeah. are two Dennis, Dennis picks. Yep. Avengers Enter the Phoenix. Everybody knows I'm a huge Phoenix fan. All excited to, to see what's going on with, uh, with the Phoenix. So, looking good. I'm torn with this one because I did see the variant cover, the, the design cover. I believe it's the design variant of Captain America in the Phoenix costume. Yeah. And I do like those designs. So I did not get it, though. It could be a trick. But, but if you look at the shield that he's carrying, notice the symbol. I know. That's what I'm talking about. No, I it, like it. It might be the story arc I get as a trait. And then, of course, Star Trek. We all know you're getting Star Hey, Trek. and that's Gary Seven, you know, uh, a nod and a wink back to stories from the from the 1960s. So, yeah, because yeah, you're looking five. forward to, to reading it. So it's their fifth year, five-year mission. So the right. season, you know, the, season the series television. ended after three years. So, you know, right. you got, so they did year four. And then five. Oh, yep. so year five? The, the, the year five. Years. I know I know year five is the fifth year. Well, I can do math. What I'm asking is, 
This is issue 17. Was issue one Star Trek year five? Yeah. It was. Yeah, so, this, so how many issues does it go? We, I don't know. It's an ongoing. How many did four go? It's an ongoing. Issue so Star Trek as year four is still coming out? It, no. As okay, long, that's my question. When did Star... Oh, God. If you're five, it'll just keep going until people stop buying it. Okay, so... And here's our fun one. Here's our fun... Well, so I got Wolverine 350. Dennis got Wolverine 350. But the special... But, and that's cool because Maverick, baby, Maverick! And we've been hunting... He, Andy has been on the hunt for months for the old Maverick, number one. Everywhere we go, every convention, we all look for Maverick number one for Maverick. It's not an expensive book. It's just one that he needed to fill out his collection. It's covered by my boy, Adam. I can't tell the signature. Oh, it is. Adam drew the cover. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's not an expensive book. My buddy Jimmy Chung drew it. So um, I like to go back and get first issues of stuff my friends have drawn. So I'm still looking for Maverick number one. We might be doing a road trip coming up to some shops in South Carolina this weekend. And if we do... That's where I'm looking to find it. But 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 he shows up on the cover, which means it's a sign. It's a sign of good things. It and is. Look, Wolverine's poking him. That's not cool. No, he deserves uh, it. He's Maverick. But the cool book. This is the cool book. Solid Blood. It says issue 17. Now, if you don't know what Solid Blood is, there are no issues 1 through 16. As far as I know, there's not going to be an 18. It was a book that came out. Actually, not this week. I think it came out. Two, not the week before, not the Wednesday before Christmas, but the week before that, Saw Blood number one came out, or 17, and it just showed up. And basically, it's this book, this retro book, Robert Kirkman wrote, and his buddy, artist buddy, Ryan Otley, who's a great artist, I bought Invincible, they did Invincible together, Drew. And it's just this, it's a, you know, you pick it up. It's a 20-page story with four pages of, like, letters pages and a double-page spread of things to come, and that's it. What I love is it's printed on newsprint. Newsprint. Yep. Classic. Um, it's got – it still has modern-day coloring, but it looks great on newsprint. And to me, it really shows that newsprint can still work. Um, and it's just yeah, – Michonne's in it. Uh, other than that, it's all new characters from what I can tell, but it has that fun – look at that logo, Solid Blood. It's got like that Young Blood feel logo. That is exactly – as soon as you saw it, you went, oh, it's a Young uh, a young Blood callback. It's a, it's a callback to the early days of Image. That's how the story feels. I love it. I, I got to be honest. I wish there was going to be more issues of this book. Um, it is going to set you back a penny, though, because the store could sell for $3.99, but the way it the way it came out was Robert Kirkman's doing a book now called Firepower. Is that it? Firepower? I think it's called Firepower. It's yeah, Look and it I'm not picking it up. Well, is that the title? I don't know. I'm not I'm not reading it, so I don't have, know. Look, Dennis, this is a computer. Nope. It's a magic device. You're not a clapper, it doesn't work. Just look it up while I'm talking. Uh, I believe it's called Firepower, uh, written by Robert Kirkman, drawn by Chris Sandy. Um, so the store, the, the amount of copies that were delivered to your comic shop, if you buy Firepower, are based on how many issues of Firepower number four you bought. Uh, yeah, Firepower. Yeah. So if you bought 10 copies of Firepower number four, you got 10 copies of Solid Blood. If you bought 50 copies, you got 50, so on and so forth. Uh, on eBay, this book goes anywhere from $15 at the cheapest. I've seen it all the way up to $25, $30. A uh, couple stores in my town. One store is doing raffle. So if you drop it out, if you pay a dollar, you get a raffle ticket. Boom, you get the book, or you get into a drawing for the book. So if you win, it only costs you a buck. Uh, another store in town is selling it for fifteen. That's where we picked it up. Uh, like I said, I love it. Uh, I actually think it's worth fifteen bucks. It was. It really was. I, I don't say that very often about a, a weird book like that, but. It just kind of was worth it. It was a unique promotion, which is what I like. Yeah. Instead of just soliciting and say, oh, here's another one. They did something fun, off the cuff, unexpected, you know, and it was cool enough where I almost hope it becomes a regular season, a series. Don't know if it will. But what I did like was it kind of reminds me of the century. They started off on issue 17. And... 
Well, it's what about the century? Se- 17. No, no, what oh, I'm saying century. is, oh, right, the right, century right, right. was retconned in where they, the story where oh, yeah. they made him sound like he's been in the Marvel oh. universe for decades. Remember, he's done all of this. You remember That's Wizard Magazine? Oh, yeah. He even did a story on it. Yeah. They showed, I love this, with the century tangent, Wizard Magazine. See if you can Google Wizard Magazine Century and okay. see what comes up real fast. Because I'd like to show this. Um, Wizard Magazine did a fake piece on the century and how he's been around so long and everything. And they showed the design art of the of what the century looked like when he was originally designed. And it's like they just found this piece of art. And it's hysterical. I'm looking at Dennis's screen to see. Yeah, they're not no, showing it's, it. Uh, no. Anyhow, it was drawn by John Romita Sr., the, the character design. And if you're an artist uh, and you know John Romita Sr. work, you just looked at it. I was like, that's not some unknown artist. That's John Romita Sr. Anyhow, so Marvel did that. Then they finally said, no, we just made him up. It was cool. And that's kind of reminds me. They started with issue 17, which we're just starting in the middle of, of, of a run. Oh, and so can I go back and pick up the first 16? Nope, doesn't exist. Moving on, uh, one thing that just dropped on our radar this morning that we did want to talk about, we didn't prepare for it, but uh, Dennis came over and I said, dude, we got to talk about this. And it looks like Marvel is giving Spider-Man a new costume. Now, they are a few things for me. Um, I don't know who designed it, so I'll, I'll go out and say I don't know who designed it. But I'll also say this, as a costume design, Aesthetically speaking, I don't mind it as a design, uh-huh. right? Well, yeah. I don't. I yeah. actually don't mind it as a design. Now, as a Spider-Man, I'm I'm not keen on a redesign of Spider-Man because Spider-Man is basically Marvel's Superman. Like when I think Spider-Man, I think Marvel, right? And yeah. when I think DC. I actually think three characters, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, the Trinity. The Trinity. But with Marvel, I think Spider-Man. Yes. And then secondly, I'd say X-Men. But, but this right? isn't unprecedented. I mean, obviously with this black costume, which later becomes Venom, when, when that whole history, the black costume, but the black costume looked really cool. The black costume was just, when that was introduced in Secret Wars number eight, it was so stark. With, it was just black and white. Big big Spider-Man logo. Yeah. White. The face mask was the same with the same shape eyes. And you were like, okay. But they also worked it into the story where it wasn't it was this symbiote thing. You knew it wasn't going to be around long. It the way they worked that into the story was it was this goopy stuff that came over him. Yes. And you knew he wasn't going to wear it for a long time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like with yes. this, yeah. I'm assuming a couple things. I'm assuming it's a marketing ploy. So when issue 63 comes out, it's going to be limit one per customer. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm assuming, and now because of this, I don't think it's actually going to be a hot book. Like I don't, I like Ronin, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book that came out, that the next day on eBay. Was yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think we're going to see that. I I don't know. So you notice it says Stark and up on the on his web, and I'm wondering if this isn't going to be just a Stark Tech uh, design that they you know designed this forum. Uh, my initial thing when I looked at it was I was like, mm, I don't mm. understand the eyes. I I don't either. There's got to be a reason they look like they're some kind of electronic eye, so he might have some visual enhancements. And again, if it, if it is Stark Tech, it's going to be very reminiscent of what Iron Man maybe had. I do not love the design at all. I'll be curious to see. I'll probably will pick it up just because it piques my curiosity. It, it piques but me it, too. It, it doesn't make me want to rush out and buy it just because. But now I'm going to be curious with with what and they're doing in it. But I, I, I guess know. I don't like it. One thing. If all the white parts of his costume, so his legs, his gloves, his center part, all the white yes. parts, if those were red, right? even with this electric-looking stuff going here, I'd be like, and keeping that gold, too, right? Yeah. Keeping all the stuff gold, just changing the white to red, 
I'd probably be like, that's pretty cool because from an artist standpoint, drawing all that webbing is time consuming. Yes. And, and again, <laughs> I, I, I like the red and the blue. And I says, and, and we're basing all of this on this, just right. this one picture. Just this, so, yeah. and, and it could be different from, from what, what was released. So we'll get to see. Uh, we'll, we'll be curious. But I guess we just kind of wanted everybody to see this just took us for a bit of a loop this morning. Yeah. I mean, my thing is if, if, once again, Spider-Man, you think Marvel Comics, but if you show this to a lot of people, go, who's this? Without the logo and stuff, I think they would go Spider-Man fanfic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fan do. fiction. Yeah. Well, and once again, we'll find out. I've designed characters, not, not a ton, but I have had to make up costumes and stuff. I haven't had to redesign iconic characters like this in my career. Uh, I made up an Iron Man armor once, for instance, for an Iron Man story I did. Uh, but it was still classic yellow and gold when it was colored, or yellow and gold, red and gold when it was colored. Um, so this is this is by no means a knock against the artist because look, if I'm if I'm working for Marvel and they're like, hey, we want you to redesign Spider Man, of course I'm going to be like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. But at the same time, a part of me might be like, a part of me might do a few sketches and be like, well, that's one, that one's actually really cool. I have to keep that for myself in case I do it independent. You know what I mean? So anyhow, let us know what you guys think of this new Spider-Man design. Love to hear your thoughts. Got a couple of texts already just saying not a fan of the new new design. So really? Yep. So we'll 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 find out. We'll we'll see when it comes out, and uh, you know we'll probably pick it up and give it a review at, at the time. So, what else the, happened over Christmas? The Dennis? big news at Christmas. What was it? Well. Wonder Woman 84 came out, 1984, and we knew we had to go see it. Had some pretty high expectations for this because we're like, yeah, 2020 needed something to 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 end the the see the the entire year right, you know. And we're thinking maybe Wonder Woman is what's going to do it. So after watching it, the question became, as it was in our title, is a movie a hot mess? Or is there some evil misunderstood genius? <laughs> so when I give a critique, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way. When I give a critique of an artist portfolio at a convention when they want you to look at their work, I always use the sandwich method. And the sandwich method is start with a compliment, do some bad stuff, negative stuff, end on a compliment. And we'll start with the compliment. Yeah. Gal Gadot. Is it Godot or Godot? Which is interesting. I had always said Godot, but I've seen a couple of interviews now, and they're everybody saying Godot. So I, I guess it kind of had to go with the flow. Gal Gadot is hot. She looks she, great she as Wonder great. Woman. She looks great as Diana Prince. She looks great in armor. She is fantastic. She's beautiful to look at. Do you have a compliment you'd like to start with? Well, not only that, I, I will. I would say I would agree with that. And uh, Kristen Wiig looked very well. I, I thought oh, they, they, yeah. they, they made her look. She looked really good during it. Um, yes. When, I mean, when basically, she reminded me of the character from Bridesmaids, but she looked way better. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, because, you know, look, I've read some stuff a lot. I mean, Kristen Wiig, during the whole filming, was working out and stuff. I mean, yes. you've, you've got to. Yes. You know. So, uh, moving on, let's talk about it. It opened up with a mall, it opens up pretty, pretty typically, not, and, you know, not, this isn't a knock. It opens up with, you know, let's introduce the character. Right. And and what's the character doing? Because we last saw her in uh, uh, 1918, uh, World War One, and which was great. My wife and I watched the movie. Um, we watched the original Wonder Woman right before 1984. And right. that first Wonder Woman movie is a period piece, World War One. And it was just fantastically done. We just love that movie. And so, but that's the last time you actually see her. Right. Fast forward to 1984. Well, you like wonder what she's doing. How has she been coping? Has she been hidden? Has she been become like Superman where everybody sees her? And it opens up in a 1980s mall. And she's stopping some would-be thieves. Some, some, some thugs. Yes. We'll call them thugs. Some hooligans. With, with, with a really weird that the store has a back room that they're 
putting stuff through and they're moving it. You're like, yeah. all right. Well, it's basically uh, smuggling, right? Right. Smuggling it, operation. It, yeah. it was an interesting little plot, but she goes in there and it was very 80s campy. It was. And it was. And and I thought it was cute. You know, he rescued the little girl and she kind of tossed her, slid her across into the big teddy bear. But and then, the girl's like, yay. But with this scene, she's she's looking at the girl and she's like, shh. And it's like, shh, what? We, shh, don't tell anybody I just did this? Because, lady, you're standing in a mall and everybody's swinging. lasso. You're flipping around like Spider-Man, honestly. I mean, yes. the lasso apparently has gained a new power, which is... It can lengthen at will. Yes. And she's just flipping that thing around. Yes. I mean, yeah. Which I don't have a problem with her being so good with the lasso. I mean, look, that may, that's fine. That's right. I don't expect. Lassos are cool. I, yeah. I don't expect her to only be doing Indiana Jones level stuff. I expect some cool stuff, but yes. I don't, I never knew the lasso could extend. So there's that. And then, you know, like, like Dennis said, we introduced Kristen Wiig. She's, you know, she's supposed to be the 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 geek. Yeah, she's a nurse. She's she's a, your, she's, a, she's a very timid uh, a lady who who doesn't appear to have a lot of self confidence and isn't very good with men. You know what she or... reminded me of? Right. Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> yes, very. Uh, she is today's all, Catwoman. All she, in, in the movie. all she had to do was go home and have a bunch of cats come out. The greeter, because I mean, she does play the cheetah. Wow, that that really, so like that's kind of funny because <laughs> which is better than Holly Berry's Catwoman? I'm I'm just gonna go there. So right. yes, because that that was die die. Well, well, the we'll, difference we'll talk about the, that later. The the <laughs> difference with Holly Berry's Catwoman movie that got totally panned and she got a Razzie for is, I think, all they needed to make Halle Berry's Catwoman a success was a female director. Like if. <laughs> If, if the director of Catwoman was a woman and the movie was the exact same thing we saw, that thing would have been put up for Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah. Well, like if Patrick, if, if it wasn't Patty Jenkins directing Wonder Woman 84 and it was Patrick Jenkins, the headlines all over the place would probably be a wee bit different. Well, that, that tells me that <laughs> I think we're already leading towards a hot mess. And, and, oh, yeah. and as as this movie continued, so my wife and I said, we just finished watching the first Wonder Woman. We get introduced to her invisible and, jet, and oh, it, it was kind of interesting. Oh, no, I, I want to skip over this. Oh, we skipped the slide. Now this this Chris Pine, Chris Pine was awesome. He I mean, was. Now, and, and I'll say this: going back, you know, when you give a critique for everybody who wants to know, you start good, negative, good, negative, good, and good. So I thought the performances throughout were like I thought Gagodo was fine. Yes, Chris Pine yeah. was fine. Kristen Wiig, Wiig I, I had no problem with anybody's performance. Kristen was fine. I'm not even going with the last name anymore. Pedro I, Pascal. Pedro Pedro was a little hammed up, but he played what he was. But he, exactly when it comes to the when it comes to movies and and critiquing an actor's performance. I always look at it from the standpoint of how many other things I seen the actor in, and then I can go, no, they do, they're, they're good actors because you've seen them in so many different things. So when you see them in something, I can't look at that as their whole acting career. So I look at it from the standpoint of he was directed to really ham it up. Yeah, and I don't know if that was great. Chris Pine, once again, he's great. He throws down humorous bits. I got to be honest, I never had that shirt, but I did wear parachute pants in high school. And it was a really good, cute quip as he's trying on all these different clothes. This movie had charm at times. Right. And, and and it usually revolved around, you know, Chris Pine when, because, you know, he died in 1918. And right. all of a sudden he's just brought back. And here's the issue. He didn't come back as oh, this Steve is Trevor. The this is the negative again, yeah. just to warn you. And and after this, you know, all of a sudden this this guy walks up to her, this handsome guy. Yeah. And, and starts, you know, trying to talk to her. And she goes, I don't know you. Get away from me. And then he talks, gives the catchphrase from the first movie. And right. she goes, what? That can't be. Because she had made a wish for him to come back. Right. Now, why wouldn't they have just wished? Why so would he come just back poof and, and just poofed out of thin air? And Chris right. Pine is in front of us. Instead, he inhabits this poor dude 
whose life is basically blinked out of existence, except for he still looked because they do a thing where they show Chris Pine looking in a mirror. So you get that everybody looking at this guy will see the the, the old person yes. and not Chris Pine. So only Diana sees Chris Pine. But the thing is, if this dude's walking down the street, what if he walked into a buddy and his buddy's like, whoa, she's above your pay grade. How'd you hook up with this fine looking piece? You know, Diana. Yeah. So there's that. But then it's also like, does this dude not have a mom and dad, brothers and sisters, friends, job, all this? It's just gone. Right. And Diana, to me, it's like, but she's not she's not a stupid person. So you would think after the initial shock wore off, after maybe about 10 minutes, maybe even after an hour, she'd be like, wait a second. You can't be here. I've got to I've got to renounce or something. I've got to find a way to get you out of here, no matter how much I love you. Because you literally erase some dude out of existence, and that is not cool. And they don't. My issue is they don't address it at all, at all. in and the entire movie. And she sleeps with the guy. I so know. It's like, it's like modern day roofies. I mean, I could I, you imagine if this if if this was basically Superman wishing Lois Lane back, and she comes back, yeah. and then he sleeps with this not Lois Lane to everybody else person? Yeah. I think that would cause a huge crap storm. Now, th this made this made absolutely no sense. So that, as soon as that happened, I was like, that's not very heroic. And it, and it wasn't well thought out. <laughs> that's and, very and, selfish. And again, it was written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. And it there was so much of this movie that you just sat there and went, you didn't address this, you didn't address this, you didn't talk about this, this made no sense. It, when we talked about it being a hot mess, there was so much about this movie that was a literal hot a hot mess that was on it. For instance, the Invisible Jet. Hey, Dennis, I got a question for you. Oh, I can't wait. Let's just say you died in 1918. Yep. And I brought you back to life. And I said, hey, man, you're back. There's these things called comic book stores. Let's go. You're driving. You got in the front seat of my car. Yep. Could you drive? Could you know well, how to for, do everything? First, everything? I would ask you to go out and crank the car. Right. You'd be like, you'd look in front of the car and be like, exactly. Where's the crank? So <laughs> she takes him because she's going to have him fly it in this jet. Well, they have to go to Egypt. Right. Because they have to hook up with, with Maxwell Lord, which who's is Pedro there? Pascal's, right. who's the quote unquote villain, which he isn't much of a villain either. And they got to fly there. So she takes him to. The Smithsonian, one right. of their air and space museums. I didn't know if it was the one in Virginia or the other one. And they happen to have a jet lined up that's fully fueled and ready to go. And that's what they take off. And now we didn't get to see the exterior because I really wanted to find out what jet it was. Because right. as this picture shows, they're sitting side by side yeah. in the jet as they take off. And in order for them not to get shot down... She's been able to turn a cup invisible because now this she's is cool. how to do this. I, now, this is an aspect I like. On Themyscira, to keep it invisible from the outside world, she was taught how to, you know, they basically use this invisibility magic. And she was taught how to do it. And one of the cute things was he's like, well, what have you done this one before? She's like, oh, just a coffee cup. So I, th I thought that was cute. And she does this thing with her hands and the jet turns invisible. But my issue is, now I'm not a, Dennis, you might not know this about me. Uh -huh. I don't fly jets for a living. Really? I'm not an Air Force but pilot. But you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, so you still know how to fly. What? I don't even get that reference. The Holiday Inn Express references? Okay, yeah. we'll have to skip that. It's an entire we'll, series of commercials. The, yeah, we'll skip that. Um, right over my head, like it a did. jet. It did. But my point is this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just because an object is invisible to the naked eye in the air, that doesn't mean it's invisible to radar. Because radar bounces off op things, right. objects. Like, it, it's like sonar. If I dump submarine in the ocean and then turn it invisible, radar, so, sonar is still going to ping off it because it's a mass, right? Right. Well, there, there's, in, there's two types of invisibility. Invisibility to the naked eye, which is the bending of light, and then invisibility to radar which is what your current stealth, stealth fighters right. and stealth stuff fighter. are. Right. 
and, and that's because they're, they're mutually exclusive. Right. Well, yeah, because it's, because it's got to be able to, to to reflect. So it's radar absorbing material, and then the the small profile, the thin profiles of of the jets and stuff. So it's cute. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was cute. They fly into the fireworks on the Fourth of July. And no fireworks are bouncing off the thing I, either. Exactly. Man, and that I, is good flying. I, again, <laughs> it a, made no sense. We were happy to see that there was the invisible jet. Right. Um. Yeah. And it, and if you're sitting there going, man, you guys are harsh. My daughter's 17. She loves every superhero movie she's seen. Multiple times, she's like, I'm bored. How much time's left? And my wife, who isn't a big superhero fan, but has enjoyed every Marvel movie she's seen. She hasn't seen them all, but she's seen probably 80% of them. She's like, you know, even though the Marvel movies aren't my cup of tea, I've enjoyed them all. Even with this, she was like, I'm bored. How much time's left? So uh my question is people generally walk out of theaters but if you saw this on hbo max did you get up and walk out of your house halfway through yeah you know i'm one of those guys that are always a glut for punishment so i will stick a movie out oh, to yeah, the end here. except for once we my wife and i got up and walked out of highlander 2 in the theater it was the only so one. bad right and there should have been because it was such a bad oh, movie and it was seriously the worst movie i have ever seen um worse than green lantern shot it worse than oh wait worse than, than green lantern. Woman. Oh, yeah. yes like, yeah. even worse than holly berry's cat woman and so, but anyway this one not as bad so now we're getting to the point where her and uh her and uh, Cheetah are going to face off for the first time. Not Cheetah, but Kristen Wiig. You know, so Kristen, Kristen's wish was basically to be Diana. Yes, I want to so, be like her. I want to be like her. So, so that which I'm glad that was explained because in the trailer, and obviously in the trailer, I don't expect everything explained. But in the trailer, I was like, "What's the deal with the strength and stuff?" And that's why she basically wanted to be like Diana, so she got the strength the agility, she got it, like everything. Whereas Diana, when you make a wish, you lose a part of something where, so when Diana made the wish for Steve to come back, she started losing some of her invulnerability and stuff like that. So this was a nice fight scene because they were basically evenly matched. So it was her fighting herself, you know? Yep. Michael goes with Holiday and Express jokes, good one, Dennis. And worse than Toxic Avenger, 47. Oh, oh, that is bad. Yes. Or f uh, four, not 47. There was yeah. a toxic Avenger. Four. No, there wasn't. What? There was, what was, was the, the miniseries? Yeah. There was? Yeah. There was a, there was a whole run of them. Yeah, I, no, the movie was good. I, I did like the toxic Avenger movie, but, but not so much yeah. the comics. So, so let's see uh invisible plane they go to egypt they fly back to egypt apparently it's all in one tank of gas in this jet i'll be honest i don't even know if modern day it may be any jet aficionados out there or pilots if you're watching chime in can a modern day jet full of fuel going full speed fly from washington dc to Cairo, to egypt which is like 6,000 miles rounded up. Right, and and we're not talking airliners. I mean, an airliner No, we're talking an F-16. Right, we're, we're talking modern fighter day jets. And again, I know my jets, but I didn't see the outside of the jet as it was taking off long enough to figure out what kind of plane it was because they were sitting side by side. And usually you've got your pilot in the front and your reel, and they're in the, they're behind you, and that's the way most of your, your two-fighter jets are so this has me a little confused so if anybody knows what jet they were actually flying please uh, uh, uh leave a post because you know i couldn't tell from, we, from what i saw we googled it and all you come up with is the fact that it was turned invisible it's never the type of jet so yeah i mean i can't imagine it jet. has to be a throwback because it was in the smithsonian that's what I'm but it was a good fighter right but this was so it's 1984 not, yeah but it might not be that's my point is it's probably not even a jet from 1984 it's probably a jet from the 70s right which because would make it's at sense. the smithsonian so can a jet from the 70s a fighter jet fly 6,000 miles on a tank of gas on a regular tank and, it didn't even have it didn't even have drop tanks right, on the wings a regular tank of gas going full speed i don't know because they had to get there like that they couldn't mess around so because, anyway that's what we, we we need to find out 
we, we need just we need somebody to help us research right. that. So there's so there's that question, and then we have you know Maxwell Lord, the villain. He Maxwell Lord in the comics is a rich dude. Um, I was actually talking to Bart uh, Bart Sears about it, who drew Justice League Europe, and he he drew Maxwell Lord. If he could remember Max's origin in the comics, because I don't. As far as I knew, he was just the rich dude that funded some Justice League stuff back back then. So he's a rich dude in this in oil, but he's basically just trying to almost scam money because his oil fields are all bust. So he's just trying to hold on long enough to to get this artifact that grants these wishes. And and he, you know, he basically donates money to the Smithsonian and by doing that he's allowed back you know, backdoor access, and that's where he meets Kristen, and he gets the artifact, and he, he basically takes it from her, and he wishes to be the artifact. So the whole thing, does, you know, basically turns to dust, and he absorbs it, so now he can grant wishes, which is just like, So, okay. so the, the basic premise of this is, like, there, there's been many other movies and books, comics, you know, uh, novels and stuff written. It's be careful what, what you, you wish, wish for right. or every time you wish something there's always strings attached right. or you know something to that effect so this was a take it's always a difficult thing to make a movie on because there's so many aspects to consider right um and the premise they it just it just fell apart all he did was kept wishing but then i i could if I give, grant your wish, then I get to take something from you. Right. And it evolved into chaos so quickly because it became one and one and one. And then it's all dealing with particles. You know, I have to reach people with particles so I can touch everybody Yeah, which in was the just world. so weird, just through satellite. And it made, there was so, like I said, well, this, and not this only that, but in, just, in 1984, right? 1984 yeah. when it took place. He wants to reach everybody with the satellite and stuff they made up. Right. Based which, off the which, SDI, the Star Wars but, initiative. Right. But, ba time. but 1984, he's basically just reaching people through what? TV. Right. I don't know if radio would work with just his voice. But let's say TV and radio, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's still very limited. Now, if it was present day, everybody with their smartphone walking around, he literally would hit almost every adult. In the, almost every adult in the world, because it'd be like, Zoop, what's this? Uh, right. You know what I mean? But back then, if you're not in front of a TV, you're not being, you're not hitting everybody. Right. You know. So that was. It was to me just really spotty writing. Now this really brings up one point: is we talked about how she developed her powers, even through the movie. She got. She learned how to. She learned how to fly. Right. She learned how to jump. Which she learned how to do like Spider-Man. Well, jump. She could jump. She actually could grab the clouds with it and pull right. herself up. She hooked onto lightning and pulled herself. Um, so, I mean, it was interesting how she materialized and her powers grew throughout the movie. Well, and the thing is, it's only the second movie. So you don't even know it's her fourth outing. Yeah, because there was Batman versus Superman. She was introduced. Yep. Then Justice League. Then Wonder Woman. Then this one. So this is her fourth outing. So the fact that her last... An issue is... Let's make her last so we'll be able to do all this stuff. Which even in Justice League, I mean, she was wrapping that thing around Doomsday, or not Doomsday, but in Batman Superman, she yeah. was wrapping that thing around Doomsday. Yeah. So the lasso thing, maybe because we didn't see it as much, you know, with the lightning and the clouds and stuff, I wasn't keyed in on why wow, that thing can really stretch. Right. That doesn't bother me. Right. I love the fact they made her so she can fly now. You yeah. know, that little speech that when they were in the jet where Trevor's like, Oh, flying's easy. You just basically blah 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 and so when she leaps and then she starts clearing her mind i like the fact that she can fly i don't have an issue with that the, i mean grab the clouds and stuff one of the other things that, that i need to touch on the beginning of the which we don't even have a clip for um the beginning is again a throwback to when she's a kid and she's in one of these races to become the best warrior oh, right, right and it was a, a cool and it was the same little girl from the first movie that we had just watched and she plays her really well, and it was a cute little scene. And she cheated basically in order to 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 get into the front. She gets pulled off, and you can't win this way because you know you can't go through life being uh, a, a cheater. You got to uh, you know right. win by working at it. 
And right. it was like a cool little, you know, it was a little bit of knowledge. And it was like, oh, this is going to really come into play throughout this movie, Brett. And it really doesn't. No. And again, so there's this really cool well, show setup. They make a reference to it at the end. But it doesn't build up to anything. It, again, it looked like a really good piece of foreshadowing that just falls flat. Well, and I think the only the only time it maybe came up, because you can't win by cheating, is when she had to denounce her wish or renounce her wish. Right. And she realized maybe somehow by keeping Steve here, I'm cheating. But well, that doesn't she make makes sense the because she has to. to cheetah. Who then, like, whatever, and she goes, and what about you? And that's when Diana sat there and looked. But it really didn't go. So let's just talk a little bit about Cheetah. Talk about Cheetah. Now, from the design aspect, I didn't mind it because I think a lot of it, like this scene, this this shot, for instance, I'm I'm assuming it was all practical effects with, yeah. with the costume that Kristen was wearing, which would make sense. I mean, obviously, with the jumping around and fighting, that was all CG. But when she was doing stuff like this, I'm going, that was practical effects. I thought it looked good. Yeah, I thought she looked fine. Yeah. I mean, when they did the close-up of her face, yeah. I thought that was fine when she was just standing there because it wasn't just all CG. I thought it looked yeah. it looked fine. And then, um, then we get to see when the issue that I have is, and I think you and I briefly talked about it, is Kristen Wiig in that previous scene, she's sitting there and she's starting to look all alpha and stuff, but she hasn't metamorphs. Right. And all of a sudden, she shows up, and this is what we get. And we're like, oh, that looks cool. But I would, well, what happened? Another thing, too, is, and you brought this up when we were talking before, she got two wishes. Because right. when she was in the, the helicopter or whatever with Maxwell Ward, he's like, well, what do you want to be? Or she whatever. already wished to be like and Diana. She already wished that to be like Diana. One. And then, obviously, you don't hear the next wish to be like the alpha predator or whatever, which turned her into this. But how does she get two wishes when everybody got one? And then, like you said, at the at the base where Maxwell Ward is broadcasting from, she goes to slink off. And I've got to think on the cutting room floor, there's got to be an in-between shot of her changing. And right. they just cut it for time. Because it is a two and a half hour movie, right? It's, which is which about is, a half hour too long. Which is already too long. Exactly my yes, exactly. What I was going to uh, say. But the funny thing is, I'm not really quite sure. I'd have to go back and watch it. Yeah. To see what I would cut out. Yeah. Well, that that's just it. And so there needed to be a scene of her just did. even looking at her hands, like what's happening. And it would have been cool too if it was even that, and even kind of painful. Yeah. Like she's paying a price for change. Like she paid. I don't think. When she became the cheetah, she thought to herself, oh, my God, look at me. I'm a, I'm a cat woman now. I, I paid this price because I'm not human anymore. She loved it. So it would have been cool if the transformation was painful, like when the Hulk, yes. when Bruce Banner changes. Yes. That would have been so cool. She shows up, and then we get to see Diana in in her armor. And, um, yeah, the armor um, is really cool. Um, oh, the armor's just. I, I, mean, I thought the is, armor looked great. We had. I'm sure you've seen it in. in this is like right out of Kingdom Come, right? Yeah. Alex Ross. Yep. Yep. And I think Gorgeous. it looked great. I did think she did enough with it. The backstory with the armor, I thought was great. Yes. I saw that hysteria. Yeah. Yes. And fighting off all the men and, and how the wings collapsed around her. I thought that backstory was awesome. Yes. Um, but the armor is so strong. To fight off all those dudes when Asteria was wearing it, but Cheetah is so powerful. She's just like, because Diana did the same thing. She kind of curled up into the wings as a shield, and Cheetah's just like rip. rip yeah, and you see it bending, rip, bending, tear, bending, rip, rip pull tear. off. You're missing now chunks. It could be because the men Asteria was fighting were just men, right? You know, so I know, know, just I know, standard men. But and now the fight scene, you know, it winds up being. You know, because it looked great, Hot. but it was very, very bad CGI during the fight scene. Matter of fact, it's some of the worst CGI that I have seen in a long time, Ooh. especially in a in a high budget movie. Yeah, and that that fight scene was a huge, huge disappointment. Yeah, um, I, I'm just gonna say overall, um, 
Cheetah wound up being an okay villain in the standpoint that it gave her a physical villain to fight against. Um, Maxwell really, he was a villain, but there wasn't much of villainy to him. I mean, besides the fact he had the power, but besides the fact he had the power to grant the wishes, you could punch him and knock him out. Yeah. You know, I think, so if you've never watched before or listened before, favorite DC character, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, Kyle Rayner, I love Green Lantern. Uh, so the Green Lantern movie from nine years ago, love Ryan Reynolds. Yes, the movie is kind of bad, kind of bad. Shut up. <laughs> but I'm a Green Lantern fan, so I will watch that repeatedly. Um, but the same critique I have with that going parallax. Why is he the villain when it should be Sinestro? What? Yeah. Was just mind boggling. And that's what I have with this. It's like. Maxwell Lord is the main villain. Why? Yeah. I, now, literally, if, if Maxwell Lord wasn't even in the movie and it was just Cheetah as the villain and they came up, then I'm not a huge Wonder Woman comic book fan, so I don't know Cheetah's actual origin in the comics. But I would imagine that they could have done something with her origin in the comics to have it make sense yeah. with, you know, so she could have been the sole villain. She, she would have made a better villain if, if instead of even bringing Maxwell Lord into it, it was just the stone. And that would have been the entire focal point of the wishes. And yeah, that could have been it. it. Right. And then Barbara Minerva, because that's who she, her yeah. real name is. Yeah. If she would have walked in and granted that and kept developing powers and then decided she wanted to dethrone, whatever. There, the storylines that they took on oh, this were, were she totally wrong. So Barbara Minerva could have made the wish from the Wishing Stone, right, to be like Diana. So then the first the the first half or whatever, she became powerful, right? Yeah. And instead of fighting Diana, she's trying to take the spotlight from her. So she's trying to do good, but in, but because she's new at it, she's actually effing stuff up. Yeah. And people in the news is all like, who's this idiot screwing things up? Look at this explosion she caused. Look at this, blah, blah, blah. She's trying saving the bank or whatever. And then since she's getting all the bad press, she wishes again, turns into the cheetah, is like, screw this, I'll be bad. And right. then boom. So it was just like, let's plug in all this stuff. Uh, yeah. CGC score. Yeah. Um Especially after just watching the first one. The first Wonder Woman was great, and then immediately follow up with this. Um, I actually said when I was done, even my wife's like, wow, we don't have to buy this DC movie. And I'm like, nope, never will probably ever watch this again. It was that bad. I am giving it a 3.0. Is that higher than Green Lantern? No. It's probably right in the same ballpark. Because Green Lantern, for those of you who didn't know, he doesn't want to make. I fun. love the first half of Green Lantern. The origin was fantastic. Once he gets the suit, it became a, a 0.5 piece of garbage that I wanted nothing to do. Good lord, man! Hated, hated the second half. This 3.0 across the board. It had its cute moments, and there were some funny things. It was it was just too much of a 1980s spoof. Um, well, and that's there just were parts it. of that that I liked about it, but they just it was over the top on so many things. Pedro Pascal was over the top on his entire performance. And it's not that again, they didn't perform it wrong. This was based that on was, the writing. Yeah, this was crap writing. Well, it's directing too. It's, it's yes. the director going, No, I want you to heighten this as the actor or you know, take right. it down some. And then immediately saying we're we're greenlighting a three because this one is wow. so good. Yeah. Look, I know it's I know it's COVID and all that, and it made sixty million at the box office, which, you know, because it was released HBO Max as well. You you really can't get a legit box office. Yeah. So who knows what it would have done? So I'm not even gonna you know sixty million whatever. It's obviously good during these times. CGC score. CGC score for me is uh, uh, four point five. Yeah, you, I think you uh, liked uh, it better. Okay. I did. Um, I, I would watch it again because I have the fast forward function so I can get through stuff I don't want to see. Um, so I, I'll go 4.5 on it. Maybe I we get really, a Zack Snyder cut. I, <laughs> damn. 
move over, Patty. Zach's coming in to save it. Um, uh, or Josh Whedon cut for that matter. I know. Uh, I know. So, yeah. So that's what I'm going with. 4.5. He's 3.0. Yeah, I, I'll never watch it again. And that, that pains me to say because I own the first Wonder Woman and I would watch that over and over. Yeah. Now, next week, uh, we knew we, that we were going to devote a lot of time to Wonder Woman this week. And uh, we are going to review Fat Man. Yeah, we talked uh, about it. We did watch it. We, we did. And um, um, we just don't have enough time for this episode. But uh, we will give our review on it um, and, uh, next week. We're doing a road trip, so we're going to be uh, hit, heading down to Columbia, South Carolina to visit some comic shops. Yeah, so we're going to visit some comic shops, maybe spend a little, I don't know about you, but my mom likes to give me money for Christmas now, so I have Christmas money to spend. Yep, and tell your mom she can send me some Christmas money so then I can also go shopping. I'll do that. <laughs> don't expect that to arrive anytime soon. So until next time, uh, remember, YouTube, uh, DNA Show on Facebook, hit on YouTube, the like, subscribe, share button. Hit that little bell down at the um, right-hand corner for notifications so you know when we go live. And uh, please spread the word about the Dennis and Andy show. We want to get our subscribers up there. And we'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.